Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Wiggins, America. I am not a number. I am a free man. Wiggins, America. The only thing I'm going to need from you guys right now is a cup of coffee. Today's global economy waits for no man. America. Today's global business climate is like, whatever, dude. Politics is a dirty game. I'm not sure we want to play. There are forces here at work that you couldn't possibly understand. You have no idea how high up this goes. Welcome to Wiggins America. One FM Talk, Ryan Wiggins, Wiggins America, and I say my name Ryan W because there's another Ryan W in the studio. Ryan Recker is here from KMOX. How are you? Have you ever realized that we have Ryan W's covered at both talk stations here? <laughs> Only the times I would fill in, you would mention that. So it makes <laughs> Did I? Sense. Oh, yeah. it's just a recycled joke I'm using then. <laughs> How lame of me. So we're going to talk a little bit more today, well, a lot more today, about the Supreme Court and the vaccine mandate. Cover that all morning, but... Ryan Recker, you know, we got to talking the other day about Kim Gardner. We don't talk about local issues really enough on 97.1, or at least I don't, and Annie doesn't. Um, We focus more on the national temperature. But Kim Gardner really is a part of that, even though it's a local story. I was shocked to find out that you're a Kim Gardner fan, so that's why I wanted on. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for outing me as a huge fan of Kim Gardner. Really, anybody that George Soros pays for. I'm like, right on I'm board. on board. You, you just know automatically it's a cause you can get behind. Yes. So what? <laughs> just give us the, the, the overview of why we're even talking about this today. Now, she is in some serious trouble. Um, and when you think that your job is in jeopardy, you think you'd be on your best behavior. She definitely is never on her best behavior. She surrounds herself with people that through no fault of their own, are part of a system that set them up for failure to begin with. So many people jumped ship. You had a lot of experienced prosecutors that, for the longest time, were proud to work in the circuit attorney's office, and then Kim Gardner takes over, and they all leave. 
I mean, what was it? 2019, there was over a hundred percent turnover rate. I was getting ready to ask you, wasn't it? I wasn't it a hundred percent. Like every single person who had been in her office is now not in her office anymore. Right. But they haven't replaced. It hasn't been a one-for-one one replacement, right? No. She's still very low on staff. Very much so. And that's one of her excuses is that it's just so difficult to hire prosecutors at this point. It, over the past summer, she was in trouble after a lot of families that were affected by gun violence and murders in the city of St. Louis were wondering why the person that murdered their family member, their loved one, why that person had charges dropped and are out on the street. It didn't make sense. More recently, we just had another story in the news where there was a woman whose ex-husband came and planted a bomb under her car. Now, keep in mind, this guy also had uh, a shooting under his belt where his uh, own son could have been killed. So she goes to the ex-wife's house, puts the bomb. uh, This is what the charges were. And normally you would use the word allegedly. So let me point out that the feds came in and because there was a bomb involved, were able to charge this guy and they got uh, guilty and he's in jail for that right now. So it's not alleged. Well, no, not based on the feds and what they discovered. All the evidence is there for it. All the circuit attorney had to do was put the charges that don't qualify under the federal guidelines and charge him. So they did. He was sitting in jail and waiting for his trial date. And he said, well, this is taking too long. I'm request a speedy trial she waited 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 and then on wednesday was the last day for them to respond and the person that was in charge of that case goes and finds out cases dropped so this poor woman who's living in fear that he's going to get out of jail here in a couple of months be from the federal bombing charges from owning an unregistered bomb is what the charge was he would have been away for 30 years based on these charges. And it seems like a slam dunk because they had all of this already laid out thanks to the feds. Now he's going to be out of jail. Now, something Kim Gardner's office and her supporters will say is she could always recharge him. They can bring charges back up. That never happens. We also find that the way she handled the Eric Greitens case, going back early on in her tenure, is that she decided to bring charges up against Eric Greitens in a very shady way to begin with. We know that there's a lot of circumstances to that case that were very shady. In fact, that she is now still being looked into for professional misconduct. She could lose her law license for it. Next month, I think it was February 28th, was the date she was scheduled to go in front of this disciplinary panel. There was a 73-page document that the, um, the Missouri Supreme Court put out. Well, I guess the Missouri Supreme Court looks at this, but the uh, Bar Association and the, the ones that license lawyers and whatnot, they filed this complaint and they said there was so much misconduct going on based on the Greitens case. This There needs to be a disciplinary hearing. So when she faces that in a month or so, she could lose her law license if they come back and look and agree that there was misconduct there. This is something I think everyone in St. Louis should cheer over and root for, because if she loses her law license, then she loses her ability to be circuit attorney, because the way the law is written, the way that the statutes are, is that you need a law, an active law license to be circuit attorney. Right. So if that happens, either it's suspended or she loses it or whatever it is, uh, instantly you would have... Uh, Mayor, uh, Mayor, uh, Governor Parson. Parson come in and be able to appoint a new circuit attorney, which would be a godsend for the city of St. Louis. It, it certainly would be, at least for the tenure. Do you know how lo- much longer her elected... Forever. People in St. Louis are stupid, and they'll continue to vote for people like Kim Gardner yeah, if it's it. on the ballot. So forever is the tenure, and that needs to change. 
But but if she were to lose her law license mm. for at least a little bit oh, of yeah. time, you'd have a great circuit attorney here, or at least somebody who's not her appointed by Governor Parson, which would be at least a temporary reprieve yeah. until the next election. Right. And it could be years. And what's nice about that is when you have Governor Parson putting it in, being a Republican, we're not going to find another one of these radical left-wing George Soros types that they put a high priority on, no one wants to work with, is highly ineffective, and lets murderers back on the street. And in the most recent case that happened this week, someone that literally bombed another person. So when we uh, talk about all of the issues that we have in the city of St. Louis— it's all put into perspective when you realize that no one wants to work with her. She's totally ineffective, completely drops the ball on so many different cases or even doesn't show up to serious cases, including murder. And the people are just tired of this happening over and over again. So this would be a great way to uh, cap off the end of her tenure. So this case that you're talking about with the guy in the bomb, that's not well, it's unique in that he set off a bomb. You don't hear that a lot. Yeah. But it's it's not unique in that she doesn't prosecute people who clearly have violated not law, not just like a yeah. little law, like a little drug law or something. Yeah. I mean, she he was trying to b- set off a bomb at his ex-wife's house yeah. and did, and they, she's not prosecuting him. So. And the feds successfully prosecuted five years in a federal prison for unregistered bomb. The other charges would be brought up through the local district, which would be under the jurisdiction of the circuit attorney of St. Louis, which she should have done. And she did. But it got to the point where she had to further the charges and she didn't. And, but my point is that there are so many of these cases that don't involve the feds, you know, that that really fall on her and t- to just do your job. Just do what you do. Prosecute crime, especially really heinous crime. My question for you as you follow this is why? Why is there a specific agenda that she's been paid to accomplish? And what is that agenda? You're right about George Soros. It's so funny you mentioned him because that was one of the first things that were brought out. Why is George Soros giving money to the circuit attorney in St. Louis? Why is that happening? What would his objective be to do something like that nationwide you see a lot of these very radical left politicians and things funded because that's their ideology and that's what they think is the best thing to do to further their own political objectives and it's been so destructive for st louis it's been i mean i don't know how many different controversies we can name with her the exclusion list with police officers being one of them too where she won't even take cases from specific police officers the officer could witness someone shooting and killing another person and she won't take it if it's a certain police officer brings it forward we have it it's such an atmosphere in st louis right now where the mayor wants to defund and take funding away from hiring new police officers, and they're already hundreds down from where they should be. And the mayor will even go to the lengths of turning down free money to hire new police officers. And it's so bad that you get all of these things in tandem. The city burns. It's not getting better. And people are hearing every day oh no it is getting better look at we had less homicides we had 50 less homicides we went from what 260 to 200 or something like that yeah let's clap oh yeah let's really do a slow clap over that one people aren't satisfied with that and um i hope they realize why but is the agenda in your opinion i guess is the agenda lawlessness is it just to create chaos in an area where 
you know, there's more influence here in St. Louis than there would be, you know, 30 miles in each direction. This is an epicenter for the Midwest. Mm-hmm. So you create chaos in this place and it kind of ripples out. Is is that the agenda? Mm-hmm. For humanity's sake, I hope that's not the case. For a practical sake, if you look at some politicians who have this utopia dream when they look at other countries and they're sold this bill of lies that there's no problems anywhere else if they were to just follow this mantra or they follow this idea or ideology, they get caught up in all of these different things. I have no idea what their motives are on something like this. All I know is that kids get shot in St. Louis and the people that do the crime get either slaps on the wrist or back on the street through the inattention or the pure incompetence of the many offices that they in, they fall through, including the circuit attorney's office. They're enabled by the mayor's office and Mayor Jones. And you get uh, a, a congresswoman in Cori Bush that applauds all of these different problems that are continuing to plague the area. It's I don't know what the motive is. I don't know what the agenda is. All I know is kids are getting shot and killed, and they're on the side of letting those people go. Yeah. Ryan Recker from KMOX, appreciate what you do on the other side of the hallway. Should I let you promote your show? You're kind of on against me. Is that okay? Went on. Sometimes. I mean, <laughs> go ahead. We're then. all here. We're all fun. Yeah. See, see I'm on the sister station, KMOX. Yeah. You can listen to us uh, live from 11 until 2 Central Time, uh, Monday through Friday. You can listen to our podcast, things like that. Or you don't have to. And maybe you'll invite me back and you'll hear my voice that way. That's fine. That's fine. Ryan, appreciate you being here on Wiggins America. More to come to. We're definitely going to hit more on this vaccine mandate, Supreme Court, and all the implications involved. Coming up next here on Wiggins America. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
97.1 FM Talk. This is Wiggins America. Thank you so much for being here this morning. So let's get right to it. We're talking about the vaccine mandate. We're talking about the Supreme Court. The ruling came down, kind of a surprise that it came down on Thursday. Everybody was expecting it to, and then it didn't, and then it did. So we're talking with Luke Wake. He's from Pacific Legal Foundation. They have argued numerous cases before the Supreme Court. They know how the whole thing works. Thank you so much for being here this morning, Luke. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. So when this thing, when this ruling came down, you know, just broad, give us your take on what you saw. Was it a good ruling? Was it bad? Because there's two of them here. Let's talk about both of them. Yeah. And, and you know, to be fair, I, I followed the OSHA one a lot more closely, but I you know, have you know, comments on both of them. Uh, so one, you had a, a case about whether or not the Occupational Safety and Health Administration uh, can enforce this vaccine mandate that it was imposing on companies with 100 or more employees. Uh, they required them to either vaccinate or those employees were going to have to undergo weekly COVID-19 testing at their own expense. And of course, uh, very, uh, as very practically concerning to uh, those folks who uh, were, were going to be put to an ultimatum, a Hobson's choice about whether they could continue their employment uh, you know, to either, you know, accept a medical procedure that they objected to. Uh, and I say that, by the way, as someone who is pro-vaccination, but, you know, the people who uh, the law historically has respected people's bodily autonomy. So this is a big deal when we're talking about a mandate. And, and so the choice was either do that or find tests, and, and, which is difficult, and pay for them out of your own pocket on a mm-hmm. weekly basis. So really impactful. And the Supreme Court said, no, OSHA is not a general public health, you know, know, they don't have a general roving authority to do anything in the name of public health. They're not a public health organization. They are a statute that was created by Congress. They have a a narrow, specific mission. It's an important mission, but they're limited to regulating workplace-specific dangers. And so when we're talking about a a virus that exists, and you can get it at a kid's soccer game, uh, when you go to church, when you're out and about, wherever, at the grocery store, it's, it's... we're talking about a general public health issue here, not a workplace-specific issue. And so the court said they were reaching beyond the scope of their authority, and they 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 said that they cannot do that. So good news for uh, you know folks who wanted to uh, you know abstain from getting the the, the vaccine, um, and those companies that were worried about those employees you know exiting the workforce in this already tight labor market, you know they can breathe a sigh of relief. But meanwhile, the other case um, concerned regulations from Health and Human Services uh, through CMS, which required any facility that was accepting Medicaid or Medicare funds from the federal government uh, had to begin enforcing a a mandate, a vaccination mandate uh, for the employees of those facilities. And here as well is a question about whether or not the agency in question, HHS here, actually have statutory authority to do this. And, you know, as ever, you know, the question, you got to go back and look what the statute says. And they said, well, the statute in this case says that HHS can impose whatever uh, requirements they deem necessary. And so I guess they can do it. You know, it was a 5-4 decision. Uh, now, you had a couple justices saying, look, it shouldn't be interpreted as, as giving this open-ended of authority for them to do that properly construed uh, this should, should, shouldn't mean that they can do anything under the sun that they might think is necessary. They're, this should be more limited to, um, you know, basically, you know, the formalities of how they, they handle you know, the Medicaid and Medicare. But that, that view did not win the day. And, and 
I would argue that there are still some very significant constitutional questions in that case that have not yet been resolved because when Congress, if Congress really did write a statute that says, well, HHS can do whatever it wants, at that point, I think you've got an agency that is making law, and that's not the way the system works in America. Yeah, Luke, and that's that's really why I wanted to talk to you this morning. We're talking with Luke Wake, Pacific Legal Foundation attorney. So with both of these rulings, OSHA and the, I think it's called the CMS uh, ruling, yeah. they, they've established at least you'd think they would have established precedent. The OSHA ruling limits the power of those extracurricular agencies from the from the federal government's perspective. The uh, the other one seems to expand them. So, is the, am I reading that right? Is, is this kind of a a mixed bag as far as outside of these cases, what it applies to these alphabet soup organizations? <laughs> Well, yeah, and I, you know, again, we're talking about unelected federal bureaucrats right. making the rules that are hugely consequential for our lives. So uh, the scope and extent of the power that has been given to them is a major question. Now, uh, it's, a, it's a very important question. Now, again, it's Congress writes the law in this country, and, and the Supreme Court was emphatic on that point in the OSHA case. They said it's, it's up to Congress to decide the, 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 very, um, the very big questions. Uh, the momentous issues have to be decided there. And, and for that reason, they, they narrowly construed OSHA's authority because they said when it comes to something this significant, we, we would expect Congress to speak very clearly and, and you know, something that's sensitive. Um, and in this case, uh, you know, vast economic and social concern, they said we expect Congress to, to speak very clearly, and they weren't. And that's why they said you know, OSHA, OSHA just can't do it. Now, you say, well, how does that square with the other decision with CMS and, and, and HHS? Well, you know, again, you're dealing with different statutes, but um, I, you know, the statutory argument in, in the, that case was always, I think, a, a, a more of a long shot than than the statutory argument in the OSHA case. I mean, it was uh, there was a, at least a, an argument to be made with a straight face for OSHA that, well, because people are getting sick in the workplace, we can do this. But they were really stretching the language very elastically, and the court took issue with that. Whereas in the the CMS HHS case, well the statute on its face said that they can do anything they deem necessary. And and so it was a, a you know an uphill battle for the people who were saying, well that really should be construed uh, you know in, in a more narrow sense. You know, we ran into similar issues when we were challenging the uh, CDC and their eviction moratorium, you know, last year, and and, and, you know, and we we argued well because there you had you know a statute that said well CDC can do anything that you know they deem necessary to control contagious disease, and we said that has that cannot be construed as just giving them a blank check to do anything because that would violate this um, constitutional principle that you know, Congress can't give away its lawmaking powers. And we, we succeeded in convincing the court to, you know, narrowly construe CDC's authority, whereas, you know, here at the HHS case, uh, the court said, well, the language speaks for itself and there's no way we can narrowly construe it. So at that point, uh, the courts are going to really have to, going forward, confront, I, I think, the thorny constitutional question about whether or not this actually violates the doctrine that you cannot give away Congress's lawmaking power. Yeah, Luke Wake on the phone with a specific legal foundation attorney. So w when you talk about the case of the CDC, especially you said you guys argued that case, um, we're talking about the same principles at play here with OSHA and with HHS is how far can an agency go 
without Congress. And it seems like we're getting a bit of a mixed bag, although for the most part, like you said with CDC, the Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. That's outside your scope. And with OSHA, the same thing. But with HHS and with CMS, it seems as if we got about a minute here. It seems as if they're saying as long as it's using money, you can attach whatever you want to that money. So if the government's spending money on it, is it saying, well, now going forward, the government can tell you whatever it wants as long as it's the one spending the money? Well, apparently with you know Medicaid and Medicare regulation, they, they have you know, open-ended authority to impose whatever restrictions and conditions they want. But I will say this is a, a problem that you know, even setting aside what HHS and CMS are doing, there's a lot of statutes out there that give very open-ended authorities to agencies that have a, a power to you know, regulate our lives in very significant ways. And we're going to continue in our work to advocate for courts taking the approach like they did in the OSHA case, where they will narrowly construe those statutes. And if they refuse to do that, they say, well, we have to read this as, as, as giving very open-ended authority because that's the words Congress chose. Well, at that point, we're really going to press hard to get the Supreme Court to put teeth in this this idea that Congress cannot delegate away its lawmaking power. Yeah. We're just going to keep chipping away at that. Luke, just real quick before we go, overall, your opinion, is it a, was Thursday a good day? Was it, was it good for constitutional law in the United States? You know, I, I actually think it was good uh, because, I, I, for one, I think the OSHA case was a bigger deal across industry lines. And, and what the court said about expecting Congress to speak very clearly when you, you can't just take general language and twist it uh, to get to whatever ends you want, I think that's a very good thing, you know, notwithstanding the CMS decision. I, I think Thursday uh, was, a, was a good day for liberty. Good. Good to hear. And thank you so much for your time at Wiggins America this morning. Again, Luke Wake, he's from the Pacific Legal Foundation, doing great work, arguing cases all over the place, especially at the Supreme Court. Appreciate your time this morning. Hey, thank you so much. Bye. Valuable insight for sure. More Wiggins America coming up next. Trisha Seekman coming in studio. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Pretty normal sounding country song, right? Does it sound weird? It sounds old. It sounds old. Well, sure, but but bluegrass. Let's bluegrass. So that's actually 70s? a no, no. This was made in the early 2000s. The reason I think this song's funny is because it's by a super weird. British band. They're actually, they're Welsh. They do not speak English as a first language. And they decided this is probably what an American country song sounds like, right? <laughs> and they made this. Literally nothing else in their catalog sounds anything like this. And I always found this song funny. It almost sounds a little Elvis-y. Yeah, it does. 
Yeah, I've always liked the song. I thought it was pretty good. But you can tell that something about the way the guy's singing, it's like, that's not quite... And it's not an American. It's a little bit off. Yeah, there's the, something there. The accent As comes I, through. Yeah. I mentioned right before we started the segment that I, I play weird bump music. Yeah. Sometimes I'm playing classic rock. Sometimes I'm playing just bizarre things that nobody's ever heard of. The hot dog song, uh, Sucking on a Chili Dog. That one comes around quite often. Do you know what that is? Sing it for me. It's just Sing it. Jack and Diane, but they replace all the lyrics with Sucking on a Chili Dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, now we got to play uh-huh. that one sometime today. No, no, we can't. We don't have any more segments. This is it. So my fault. Yeah. But anyway. Too bad. Um, Too so bad, really. Trisha, you are here most of the time when you're in here. We talk about, I don't want to say unimportant things, but the rest of the world outside of politics, maybe even intersecting with politics and stuff like that. But today, unfortunately, <clears throat> I just have a hard political thing. That I wanted to bring to you okay. and just get your reaction to. Here's the beginning of the clip. So I'll set it up just a little bit, but I want to. I don't want to dive too far into it. I want to let the clip for, speak for itself. This is CNN. Now, apparently Donald Trump did an interview with NPR this week, which is very, very rare. You never see him do that. So listen to the way CNN sets this up first. So breaking moments ago, Donald Trump hung up. He hung up on NPR anchor Steve Inskeep during an interview, an interview that Steve worked six years to get. The former president apparently couldn't take the questions about his election lies. All right. So that's the way CNN sets up the clip. Now, this actually did happen on NPR, but it's made the rounds on the news stations now. And I when I saw the headline, I'm like, ooh, Donald Trump, A, does an interview with NPR because he's he is willing to go into enemy territory much more often than most political figures are. I'll give him that. But even he doesn't do well while he was president, mm-hmm. all he got from the press corps was animosity. But since then, he can kind of pick and choose and if you do a sit down interview, you can pick and choose who you're talking to. Right. So for the most part, he, like every other politician, picks friendly interviews where he can get his point across because if you don't, you have somebody constantly just barraging you with questions. Which is both sides of the aisle, It's good. You. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes. And sometimes that's good. You want to see that sometimes. Other times, if the point of the interview is, I have something I want to get across, then that then Trump would call Sean Hannity or Biden calls George Stephanopoulos, whatever. And that's half the time that's fine. But the rest of the time, you never, ever see Biden taking questions from the press corps. Uh, you never see him getting... Um, unscripted questions even. I mean, at this point, you see in a press conference, if he takes questions at all, people will stand up and literally read from a page. That's frightening. I know. And then he will look down and read from an answer. Yeah. Like it's all been written ahead of time and the press is apparently in on it. They're fine with doing that. Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird deal. You can tell. I've seen some of those like the Afghanistan stuff was going on. You'd see a couple questions would happen from friendly media, and then he'd call on somebody who also did clearly have a sheet, but then they'd do a follow-up that was not on the sheet, and then all of a sudden the press conference would end. Anyway, that's not even the point of why I'm bringing this up. But here is that actual clip of Trump talking to um, NPR. CNN sets that up and says he hung up on him because he can't handle questions about election integrity. Here's the clip. 
How come when he went to speak in different locations, nobody came to watch? But all of a sudden, he got 80 million votes. If you'll, nobody believes If you forgive me, maybe because nobody the election was that. about you. If I can just move on to ask, are you telling Republicans in 2022 that they must press your case on the past election in order to get your endorsement? Is that an absolute? They're going to do whatever they want to do. Whatever they have to do, they're going to do. But the ones that are smart, the ones that know, you take a look at, again, you take a look at how... Carrie Lake is doing, running for governor. She's very big on this issue. She's leading by a lot. People have no idea how big this issue is, and they don't want it to happen again. It shouldn't be allowed to happen, and they don't want it to happen again. And the only way it's not going to happen again is you have to solve the problem of the presidential rigged election of 2020. Uh, Mr. So, Steve, President, if I'm, wait, 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 I one more it. question. I want to ask about a court hearing yesterday on January 6th. Judge Amit Mehta, he's gone. Okay. That's the end of the clip. Now, before I react, your reaction to hearing that, assuming that's the first time you've heard it. It is the first time I've heard it. I, um, I'm i not exactly sure what they were talking about going into it. Um, it didn't seem, it seemed like there was a little dig from the anchor at the beginning, mm-hmm. which, okay. You can expect that. Sure. I don't and, blame him for that. And uh, former President Trump seemed to take that on the chin and keep going. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounded like pretty much any other interview I've ever heard Trump do. Um, he had his opinion and he was sharing it. And then did he hang up then at the end because well, he you thought can, the interview was over? Yeah. Well, you can hear him say, okay, th- here's my answer to your question. Thank you Thank for your, you time. For your I'm time. I'm going. I've got a hard out here or something like I that. I don't know. Something Whatever like that. It is. Whatever it was, he, he left and then the NPR guy keeps talking and asks him a question, but he wasn't there anymore. Oh, okay. Because none of that seemed contentious to a point where that he, he did not hang up in the middle over a question. No. He which answered is, the question. Yes, which and hung is up before the next one. Kind of the point of me bringing uh-huh. it up is that the headlines this week were Trump can't handle questions about election integrity, and basically the implication was hangs up in the middle of a question because he didn't know how to answer it. Nope, that's not at all what you heard nope. there. And if that question was so important, put it at the beginning of your interview. Like lead with that question if it's something that you think he's going to have a hard time with. Yeah, I know sure how far in they ask. I'll defend the the anchor a little bit in that. Don't. Okay, then I won't. Let's talk about something else. Perfect. I think he probably asked him a couple questions at the beginning because when you're at least on on my end, warm him up. You warm him up a little bit. Get him comfortable. You, you don't come out of the gate and just go, boom. Where were you on the night of whatever? You ask a couple that just say, look, I understand how you feel and you want a cup of coffee that you and I are on opposite Mm -hmm. sides of this thing. Even if I'm supposed to be media and unbiased, you understand where I'm coming from. Here's a couple of questions. How do you want to be viewed in the future? Whatever. Something like that. Sure. And then, okay, we got to talk about this. Let's talk about what you keep saying about election integrity. So I don't know how long it was before they got to that. Maybe it was 10 minutes. Maybe it was one minute. Have no idea. I will say this. And this is my criticism of what Trump has been doing. If I'm fine with, and I'm very much on record, especially on this show, of talking about there are issues with the 2020 election that haven't been answered. There are big questions that just haven't been answered. Not that that means for sure X, Y, Z, but there are still just big question marks. Trump constantly is bringing up those question marks at this point. We're more than a year on. If he's going to, especially if he's going to do interviews like that with opposition media, 
and especially if he's going to run for president again, this question will be asked a lot. And he's he'll answer them. Mm-hmm. His answer needs to change to start bringing up specific instances. Mm-hmm. Bring up the results of the Arizona audit, for instance. Bring up issues that have been in Michigan and Pennsylvania for a long time. Specific things. And say, you, opposition media, whoever you are, keep saying there's no evidence, but we have, for like right now, a great talking point for him would be, we have a witness in Fulton County, Virginia right now who says he was paid thousands of dollars to stuff thousands of fake ballots. That's evidence. That's being investigated as we speak. And why don't you go talk to him because you're the media? Yes. Somebody interview that guy. That's my criticism. Sure. Because even I, who watch this stuff, as you know, I watch this stuff like crazy. Mm -hmm. I have trouble keeping up with it because it flits from thing to thing, from state to state, and you get 75% answers on things, and then they just kind of go away. And part of that is the elected official's fault, like in Arizona. The attorney general there is a Republican who needs to investigate about six or seven things really deeply and he just isn't doing it so we sit and we just go well then i don't know we've got what the results were but that still doesn't mean anything yet you have to get to the bottom of it at this point do you think that there will be a a get to the bottom of it point or do you think it's protecting elections going forward these state attorneys, attorneys general well, going through and making sure that the election integrity is upheld in the future. I don't think it's either or. I mean, I think you have to do the second one. Right. And that is happening. To, you, to me, though, as a mainstream conservative ideology seems to be, yeah, that stinks to high heaven. There's not a ton we can do about it. People aren't paying enough attention to it. Going forward, we need to make sure it never happens again. Mm-hmm. Are you on that, or do you think that there's something that can actually be done about it? Like, well, that, I guess, do you think it'll ever get to a point where yeah. a price will be paid for mishandling or illicit activity? <laughs> that's, that's a good question because it's tough to answer. Um, I definitely think that we need to be focusing on making sure that some of the loose ends that could have been exploited, it, even before 2020, need to be tied up. And I think every conservative, even if you're barely right of, even if you're left of center, according to polling, you're actually fine with that. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that's really an issue. That's not even dividing the country. The people at the top right now, the Chuck Schumers, who are yelling about, well, if you if you bring about election integrity, you're suppressing certain people. A, that's not true. But B, that's that's kind of what's dividing people right now. On election integrity itself, especially voter ID and common things like that, voting in person, most of the country is actually pretty united on it. So I don't think that's really a controversial issue. The one you're asking about is, will anything be done about it? Man, that's complicated because there's such a wide variety of what people think should or could happen. Even constitutional experts don't even know what would happen. Let's say three states decided to decertify their election results what happens? Mm-hmm. Nobody even knows. So do I think that's going to happen? I don't I don't think so. But that doesn't mean that I think we should stop digging. Here's it to answer your question instead of trying to be nuanced about mm-hmm. it. What I think could happen if anything, let's say there was enough fraud that could be prosecuted and people could, you know, really get indicted and hurt over this stuff. And it would have changed the election results. Let's say that actually did happen, which, again, 
it's taking forever, but you'd have to find that like concrete first. So I don't think in this four years anything's going to happen. But if he runs and wins again, he's going to gut those departments down to the bone. Mm-hmm. The DOJ will be completely different, the FBI, the CIA. So he will control those organizations and then start looking for evidence. There is a concern that he will find it whether it's there or not, and it would be enough that like that's a, that's where mainstream media probably should push back and say, show us the proof mm-hmm. before you at that point would be using law enforcement to indict people. But if he finds that proof with those agencies, then something very much could be done about it. So that's my long answer to your short question. Does he hurt, and now I've flipped this on its head, but does he hurt his chances of being reelected by talking about this still? I don't know. As opposed to, all right, that stunk, let's move on. I think after the midterms, he will realize that he has to do that to win again. Not because he's going to be done with it, but because he's going to know that's the only path forward for himself. Right. At some point, you have to put it in your pocket, right? And come and yeah. hope to be able to come back to it yeah, I think, when you have more control of the situation. My guess is that between now and then, he'll, he'll still be talking about it and probably behind the scenes still talk. Because what's going to happen in the midterms is Republicans are going to gain a lot more in the legislature federally and locally. So there's going to be a lot more people of these, you know, you call them the America First candidates, who are going to be interested in looking into that stuff. He'll have less to do at that point because he can just sort of check in with people who right now, like Brad Raffensperger, the AG or Secretary of State at, in Georgia, that guy's done nothing. Mm-hmm. And so people like him will most likely be replaced by either a Democrat or a Republican who thinks, yeah, there's fishy business, we're going to investigate it. So I think he'll actually have to do less after the midterms. We're out of time. Good discussion. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you because we talk about such a variety of things, and that's one of the reasons I always like having you in here. Thank you so much for being a part of Wiggins America this morning. You can get the podcast at 971talk.com, and we will see you next week. Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can 
put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.